The Productive Woman, Episode 154. And welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me for this episode. We're going to be talking about some of the challenges and the benefits of working from home and some solutions for those challenges. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 154. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and Alt-MBA. Now, Alt-MBA is the leadership and management program created by Seth Godin as an alternative to a traditional MBA program. You can check it out at altmba.com slash productivewomen. And FreshBooks is an online accounting software that, as I've said, I personally have been using for over a year now. They're offering you, as a Productive Woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can find out for yourself how great it is. You'd find that by visiting freshbooks.com slash woman. So if you run a small business, if you're anything like me, the money part, keeping track of the finances is probably one of the biggest challenges. And FreshBooks, which was recently redesigned from the bottom up, is designed to help entrepreneurs and small business owners deal with the challenge efficiently and effectively and get us back to the parts of the business that we love. Uh, FreshBooks is not only easy to use, even for somebody like me who is not, you know, kind of money oriented or numbers oriented, but it's also packed full of powerful features. The FreshBooks dashboard has all the information you need to know how your business is doing. So when I log in, it shows me at a glance kind of what's happened since the last time I was there, what needs my attention, that sort of thing. I love the invoicing feature. It is so easy to create uh, invoices that are customized to the look and feel of your business, the colors, your logo, all of that. You can create those, save them as a template. And then when you need to create an invoice or an estimate or a proposal or anything like that, you can do it with just a few clicks, even from your smartphone or your, your tablet and send it off via email and your clients or customers can pay online just by clicking a button within that invoice. It's really just such a great tool. There's no more guessing games about what needs to be done or who owes you what or you know what's overdue, what's coming next. I just never have to worry about or wonder about how my business finances are doing because it's all right there on that dashboard. Um, and you know, it also has great features like expense tracking, time tracking, and so much more. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to the productive woman listeners. And to claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and be sure to enter the productive woman in the, how did you hear about us section? And if you try it out, would you shoot me an email and let me know you did that? I'd be interested to know what your experience is. You can email me at feedback at the productive woman.com and just let me know what you think. All right. So let's get into this week's topic. Um, I want to talk a little bit about working from home. I personally have been working almost exclusively from home for several months now after 
um, 18 years plus of going into an office almost every day. And so it's a new experience for me. I'm a few months into it. I've learned some things. Um, and on, on top of my own experience, there are recent, uh, recently have been some discussions in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group about working from home. For instance, Allison uh, posted a message very recently saying, I'm about to start working part-time instead of full-time and remote instead of com- commuting. I'm so, so excited now accepting advice on how to be a good remote employee and how to make the best advantage of the 15 to 20 hours a week of my life that I'm about to get back. So she's got a, a big change in her life, not only um, going from working in a, in her office or her, her employer's workplace, but we're uh, now working from home, but also going part-time. So that was a question that spurred some answers and some discussion in the group. There have been some others recently. And since it's a you know fairly fresh experience for me, I thought it was worth doing some investigating and sharing some ideas. There are a lot of people working from home now. I I didn't you know try to check every country where I have listeners. So if you're you know one of my European listeners or Australia, or New Zealand, or Asia, or South America, or any any of those places. Um, that I know I have listeners because I've heard from some of you. I'd love to hear what your experience is in your country uh, about working from home, whether that's a, a trend or it's a longstanding thing. How are things in your country? But uh, when I did a little bit of research, uh, one article that, and this is a couple years old, said clear back, uh, you know, I, uh, let's see, 2014, 2.8 million self employed Americans work from home while another 3.3 million workers consider their homes their primary workplace, even though their employers may have corporate offices. That was one study back in 2014. And someone quoted in that article, and I'll put this in the show notes, but said that nearly half of the workforce now holds a job that could be performed at least some of the time from home or a third place, such as a coffee shop, library, or park bench. Um, lots of experts, as I did some research uh, into this, lots of experts are expecting working from home to grow and become more and more prevalent, at least in the United States. One article cites as reasons a, a number of things, but um, such things as the, the mix of more mobile devices, traffic getting worse, rising prices in big cities that's driving people to live farther from the cities, and the the technology that allows employers to monitor somebody's performance remotely, uh, you know, all of those sorts of things are contributing to a growing trend toward people working from home. Uh, and so it, it's, it looks like it's not, it's something that's not going to go away. Technology surely helps, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and so I, I guess I'm right on trend, and that's kind of unusual for me. But um, let's talk a little bit about the, the modes of working from home. It, it was hard to put together a single list of um, recommendations or pitfalls or benefits or anything because there's so many different varieties of working from home. Um, there's the part-times or full-time versions of it. And that, that comes in a couple versions. That is for some people, they work from home part-time and part of their time they go into the office. Um, another version of the, of the part-time slash full-time options are people who work exclusively from home, 
but are either working, you know, part-time or full-time. And so the, the amount of time people are spending on work or their business varies. Uh, there are the different varieties of those who are working remotely for their company, either that's local or somewhere far distant, which is kind of the situation um, that Allison was talking about. She's got a company that she works for, but she's going to be working remotely for them. Uh, and for some people, I, I, I knew people when I was in law school, one of my adjunct professors was living in Ithaca where I went to law school, but he was a uh, worked for a law firm in California and he just worked remotely. He lived in Ithaca full time and uh, his firm was in California and it, you know, that was how he did it. So people can do that, uh, can work for a company, whether work it from home for a company, whether that company is in their same town or, you know, half a world away. On the other hand, there are people who work from home and they are operating their own business, uh, whether it's an internet-based one or any any number of kinds of things. There's tons of articles and blogs and and podcasts and things about women in particular. I mean, it's, it applies to everybody, but people working from home, operating their own business and doing it from home and all the, for lots and lots of reasons. There are tons of benefits that come from working from home. And I've certainly experienced the, the big one for me is no more commute. I live, and I've, we've talked about this before, so I won't, you know, belabor it, but our home is 55 miles away from Dallas, from the office that I used to go to. And for many years, I drove back and forth every day. Then until recently, for the last three years, we, we, to, to kind of minimize the time I spent on the highway, we had an apartment in Dallas, 10 minutes from my office, which was great for the commute, but I didn't see my husband very often. So now I, in, in my mind, um, have the best of many worlds because I don't have a commute. I am home at the farm and I, I get to see my husband, you know, when he comes home from his job, which is only about 10 minutes from our house. Um, so the, the not having a commute is a great benefit for a lot of us and a lot of, for a lot of us, the reason why we want to work from home to avoid the expense, it, both in terms of dollars and of time of spending, you know, long periods of stretches of time on the road, you know, paying for gas, paying for wear and tear on the car and oil changes and all that sort of thing. Um, so there's the expense of that commute, but also just the aggravation and the stress of spending lots of time. My commute here was mostly interstate, but very heavily traveled interstate. And so it could be, I could sail into town one day and the next day crawl along and have it take three hours because there was a wreck or there was construction. And that story is told, you know, all over the place of people who are experiencing that. That's a lot of what's driving people to find ways to work from home. So that's one benefit. That's a huge benefit in my mind. Other benefits or pluses of, of working from home, you don't have um, maybe the interruptions of, from people stopping by your office. If, you, if you, your job is such that you worked in an office, you know what it's like when people are sticking their head in the door saying, got a minute, when you really don't, um, you're trying to get work done. 
Uh, and and there's a pl- you know the it, that goes two ways because it's an easy distraction if you're trying to you know avoid work to visit with somebody that stops in but when you're home you don't have that interruption you may have other interruptions and we'll talk about that in a minute but you you don't have that one anymore you have generally more time with the people or or pets that you care about because you're not spending time on the road you um, you know you get that time back. A big benefit of working from home often is a more flexible schedule. Um, you certainly have absolute control over your workspace when you are working from home, and that's a big benefit if you have worked for a big company or even a small company with kind of rigid controls over what your workspace can look like and and that sort of thing. It's pretty pretty cool to be at home and have. Um, control over everything about the space where you're working, where it is, what it looks like, what you have in it, um, the decor and all of that. Um, You have uh, more saved expenses, not just the uh, gasoline and all that sort of thing, but you do save some other expenses when you are not going into an office or a workplace every day. Maybe you don't have to spend as much money on clothes uh, on lunches out, on dry cleaning, on all the things that maybe the conveniences that you pay for to buy yourself time, the time that you lost to that commute or to being away from home all the time. So there are some expenses that you can save now that you're working from home. And there's the comfort factor. Um, you can dress as you choose. And, you know, if you want to work in your fuzzy slippers and your, um, you know, your yoga pants, which I do pretty frequently, uh, you can do that. And you get to choose the chair that you're sitting in and you get to choose, control the temperature. And so all those things relate to um, the comfort level that you have each day. If you want plants in your, in your office or a candle or all those sorts of things. So there are great benefits from working from home. And I'm sure you could think of others and I'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts on that. On the other hand, there are some challenges that come from working from home. And I've experienced some of these. I've heard from some of you who've experienced some of these. I did some research. Um, You know, there are, if if you Google challenges of working from home, um, you'll find tons of articles about it. So this is not a unique topic to the Productive Woman podcast, that's for sure. But just some of the challenges that you have to overcome or to address, perhaps, from working from home, probably the first one that comes up when you ask people about it, it would be the isolation and sometimes even loneliness. If you are used to being in a workspace with lots of other people, whether you had your own office or you were in a you know, a cubicle farm or whatever it is that you do where you were interacting with people on a regular basis, it can be a little disconcerting um, to be working from home, whether you have family or not. Uh, I I will confess the first couple of days uh, that I was working from home when my son, who's still at home, went off to class, he's a college student, and my husband went off to work and it was just me and the dogs here. And it was a little weird, uh, you know, because I was used to having a secretary down the hall and colleagues um, in the offices around me that I could talk to. And, you know, I I liked it. 
I'm an introvert, and so having time and space to myself is a great, you know, a, an energizing thing. But it felt a little weird after all those many years of working in a space with lots of other people and noise and, you know, stuff in the hall going on. Um, over time, I've found ways to deal with that. Um, if it gets a little too quiet, feels a little too isolated, for me, playing music can help. I've talked before on the podcast about Focus at Will, which is a website. I think it's focusatwill.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. But plays uh, playlists that are designed to help help you focus and concentrate. And I used it when I was in an office to sort of help uh, deal with the distractions of the noise. But it can also help with that uh, silence and that can make you feel kind of isolated or having just a stereo in your own office or your computer playing music that you choose. I actually have um, enjoyed using, I have one of the Amazon Echo Dot. Uh, it's a small little thing. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's a little device, internet connected device that Amazon creates. They're only about $50 at the most. Sometimes they have them on sale. And it can do a lot of things, but among them is to play music. And I can just say the word that triggers it. If I say it now, it'll it'll ask me what I want. But um, say the word that triggers it, and I'll say, you know, play some instrumental jazz music or play some classical music or play, I like Johann Strauss, and so I'll pl- say, play music by Johann Strauss. And it will play, you know, start playing songs that I like. I prefer to work to instrumental music uh, because lyrics distract me, but uh, depending on the mood, it, uh, the the type of music I listen to may be different. But that's, you know, that sort of thing can really help with that isolation. You You just sort of feel like there's something going on in the space with you. If especially if you are an extrovert, you definitely want to schedule times to connect with others. If you're, uh, if you live alone and you work from home, then it may become really more important for you to make time, plan ahead for times to collect, connect with other people. You may want to join some carefully chosen organizations in your local area to meet people, um, that are are like-minded, maybe whether they're people who in business in your area or in your field, but find ways to connect with other people. That's especially value valuable. Uh, that is joining organizations can be especially valuable if you have recently moved to a new area, and that's part of why you're now working remotely. Because that happens a lot. People have worked with a company, but they're moving. Uh, to a new city, their company likes and wants to keep them. So they're going to now move or work remotely. But if that's your case, it, it can be really valuable to find whether it's a, you know, chamber of commerce type thing or something in related to business or your career uh, as a, an opportunity to meet and connect with other people. So the isolation and loneliness is probably one of the big things that people talk about as a challenge of working from home. There are things that we can do about it. If you are somebody who works from home and you found ways to deal with that piece of it, I would love to hear from you. Again, email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or post something in the Productive Woman community Facebook group and let's talk about it. Another challenge can be the sort of what I call the out of sight, out of mind syndrome. 
it can be harder to connect if you're working for another company, you know, for a company, but you're working remotely, it can be harder to connect with colleagues the way you would, you know, sort of around the water cooler in the lunchroom or in the hallway, or to get the positive attention of supervisors or bosses or people who make decisions about promotions and um, uh, advancement and, and raises and that sort of thing. If you're not there, if you're working remotely, then you have to be very intentional about finding ways to connect with those people, uh, the colleagues who, you know, you might need to draw upon for for information or support or, um, you know, just to to build relationships with or to have that attention from the people who could make decisions about your compensation down the road. So there are things, you know, think about things that you can do to connect with them, to be part of the com- the uh, community and the company culture, even though you're not in the building. It may be easier if you work for a company where lots of people work remotely. I know lots of um, tech companies and things like that are very much going to where almost everybody works remotely, and they have ways to build a culture and build connections among the people. They use chat tools like Slack or Yammer or Skype chat, Skype for business. There is an app called Telegram that lets you, um, you know, send messages back and forth. And I know some people that use an app called Voxer, which basically lets you um, leave voice messages uh, back and forth for people to listen to. I've never used it, but I, I know of several people who do. I'll put links in the show notes so you can check that out. Uh, as a way to stay connected with the people you work with. Video conferencing tools like Zoom or Skype can be very helpful for getting a little bit of face-to-face time with your colleagues or your supervisors, the people that you work with or for. Um, can be really helpful uh, because one of, for me, one of the, one of the kind of downsides of, of um, working from home is I don't have the opportunity when I run into some interesting thing on a, on a real estate deal that I'm working on as a lawyer, uh, something I haven't seen before, or, you know, a question that I'm not quite sure how to answer. I'm used to being able to walk down the hall to one of my colleagues' offices and pick their brain a little bit. I don't have that as easily now, but these tools, like whether it's Slack or Yammer, Skype, um, the firm that I'm part of now, uses Skype for business for that kind of instant messaging thing. Um, But a video conferencing tool like Zoom or Skype can be even better because you can see each other. And so consider that if uh, to sort of overcome that out of sight, out of mind um, piece of uh, or challenge of working from home. Another challenge is just you no longer, you may have less uh, access to support people and tech. And so if you're used to having IT support down the hall or secretarial support or, you know, uh, the billing people or all of those sorts of things, they're not, you can't walk down to talk to them anymore. And you may not have them at all. If you uh, have gone home to work, to run your own business, uh, you, you may not have those sorts of resources at all. So that's a challenge that may need to be overcome. Another big one that lots of people talk about is just, you know, we, we talked about the advantages. You don't have people, you know, your colleagues, sticking their head in the door saying, hey, got a minute, and interrupting your work. Uh, But 
you do have other distractions available to you when you work from home. It may, it, it may be household chores or the pets needing to be walked or delivery people stopping by or repair people coming in. All of those sorts of things can be uh, very tempting distractions if you are not disciplined. And, I, you know, it's really... I I don't necessarily love doing laundry, but when I've got a really challenging document to draft, laundry gets really appealing. Um, You know, the mind kind of goes there of, well, let me go just do this thing or let me go, you know, wash the dishes or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, sometimes doing some sort of manual thing like washing the dishes or folding a load of laundry or something like that can... um, uh, kind of get you away from your work to let your brain get creative a little bit. But it, it, it's really easy to get distracted, maybe even more, whether it's by the chores or the TV down the hall or, you know, any of those sorts of things. And so that's something you have to be really aware of when you're home uh, and disciplined about. Another challenge, and I, I think I've talked about this before as something I'm noticing from working from home is the lack of boundaries between work and personal space and, and, and time. It's, um, you know, my office is here in a room in my house, and so my work is always here. And it, there's not um, the sort of uh, incentive, I guess, of knowing that everybody else is heading home for the day to have me, you know, when I was at an office, as things start getting quiet and people are leaving, my secretary's going home, all those sorts of things, that's kind of a signal to the mind to, okay, it's time to shut down and go home. I don't have that here. So it would be, and, and the work kind of never goes away. So it would be real easy to just keep working long past quitting time, so to speak. And uh, or to have, you know, you're, it's on the weekend and I'm thinking about work and it's, it can be tempting to think, oh, you know, I really need to get that thing done. I'll just go in and work for a little while. And you, you kind of tend to lose those boundaries and work can bleed over into personal time in a way that you don't necessarily want to. Uh, another one, this kind of goes back to the separation thing. There are fewer opportunities to network um, and if that's an important part of your career or your business, you're going to have to be intentional about finding ways to do that. We've already talked about some of that, but um, something to think about if uh, networking is important, whether it's for career development or business development or all of those sorts of things, um, you, you need to find ways to do that in a, a little bit different way now that you're working from home. Uh, there's also less external motivation because nobody's watching whether you're working. And it's the, it's the fun, funny kind of dichotomy of the work's always there. It's easy to just keep working all the time. But at the same time, it's also just as easy to not work enough because nobody's watching. Nobody's keeping track of how much time you're spending unless you're, you know, your business, your company, you're working for a company and they have some sort of tech watching, uh, connected to your computer. But, um, you really have to be self-motivated 
to work from home, to be productive working from home, because you don't have that external motivation of the peer pressure of everybody else is working or the boss is watching or those sorts of things. And finally, although you do save some expenses, uh, as we talked about a minute ago, um, in clothing and lunches out and all those sorts of things, there may be extra expenses uh, that, uh, that you are going to have to pick up from working at home unless your company provides these things or provides an allowance for them, whether it's just supplies like printer paper and pens and those sorts of things that you can't walk down to the supply room anymore and get, or, you know, bigger stuff, equipment, computers and, and printers and scanners and, and internet service or postage and all, uh, delivery services and all those sorts of things, depending on what kind of business you have or what sort of um, work you do for the company that you work for. Um, you know, something really to think about uh, that, uh, in your planning, if you're thinking about going home to work. So those are some of the challenges. Uh, I've talked a few things that um, you can do to address some of them. I want to share just a few uh, guidelines, maybe, you know, best practices. I'm kind of using that in air quotes. Some things that I've thought of, some things that um, when I was doing some research, some of these experts kind of recommended the number one recommendation that that pr- pretty much every source I looked at said, and I would echo this, is to set aside a place designated for your work or business. And if you can close a door on it, even better. Doesn't mean you can't work elsewhere, um, but having a place for work can, uh, A, help keep work from taking over your entire house, and B, help you feel more professional and more organized. So for me, practicing law from my home, I, um, I mostly work here in my office at my computer and I, where I've got all my tools available to me. And, but there are sometimes, say, if I just need to review some documents, either on my iPad Pro with the pencil or I've got something printed out, I'll take that if the weather's nice and I'll sit out on the back patio and enjoy the view out there and the fresh air and, um, you know, do that work from there. Part of what I do as a real estate lawyer sometimes involves reviewing surveys, land surveys and uh, documents related to title for for property. When I do that, I go to, we have a real big dining table and I'll go out there and spread it out where I can look at it um, and get away from my computer and phone and the things that might interrupt me so I can focus on that. So I, you know, that's one of the advantages of working from home is you can have a comfortable, interesting place to sit, a little bit of variety, but still it's best to have a place that is designated for the work where all the stuff that goes with your job or your business can be organized and kind of contained and not all over the place. This goes back to the issue of boundaries between work and personal. There's something, um, it's going to be hard to sort of relax and let go of work if your work is piled on the kitchen table or, you know, on your bedside table or on the couch or wherever, there needs to be, I think, a space, spaces in your home that you can go to where you don't see your work, where it doesn't have to be in front of you and, and grabbing your attention all the time. And for me, having a room 
you know, it's a bedroom that we converted into an office for me and I can close the door and I have to do that. I have to be able to, at the end of my work day, turn off my computer, walk out of the room and close the door. And that's the signal to my brain, uh, as best I can to, it's not work time anymore. It's time to relax and pay attention to family or you know, personal interests and that sort of thing. So really it is important to uh, set aside a place that's designated for your work. It'll help you feel more professional, help you feel more organized, and it'll help keep those boundaries. Uh, as a part of that, having the right equipment is really important. And that what that is is going to depend on what your work or your business is. If you are sitting at a desk having a comfortable, ergonomically correct chair and good lighting are extremely important. Don't skimp on this. Uh, You don't have to spend a fortune to set up an office at home, but you should spend what it takes to get a chair that is comfortable for you and good lighting um, that so you, neither your back nor your eyes are going to be ruined by your work. Similarly, having decent tools of the trade, whatever your trade is, um, to have decent quality tools to work with is going to make you more efficient and more happy doing your work. So for me, that's a good computer with a big screen. It's a good printer because I, as much as I'm trying to go paperless, real estate law um, generates a lot of paper that has to be reviewed. Uh, I need a scanner because I have to scan and send things to other people. A good stapler, uh, legal pads, lots of good red pens, and certain kind of paper or plastic paper clips, and software that takes the place of the secretary and mailroom that I've had in the past but don't have here anymore. So those are the kinds of tools that I felt I needed to invest in to have to make me able to work efficiently and not be kind of fighting my equipment all the time. Similarly, having a plan for managing the stuff that relates to whatever your work is, whatever your business is. If you generate a lot of paper, what are you going to do with that paper? If you have files that need to be maintained, where are you going to store those things? Uh, If you have books or manuals or whatever supplies that you need, how will you manage them to keep chaos from overtaking your home? And um, even if you have a room that is for your office and you can close the door, still keeping it relatively orderly and not uh, having a plan to to keep things kind of organized so that your space is not chaotic is going to contribute to you being able to um, to work effectively and efficiently and happily. Um, you know, I, I could go into a whole thing about being paperless, but I'm not very good at it. I mean, I'm, I'm better than I used to be. I don't print as much stuff now as I did when I was at the office. I do a lot of things, um, on, on my computer or on my iPad pro that in the past, like marking up documents to send comments to other people in the past, I might've printed them out, marked them up and scanned them. Now I'm trying a lot of the time to do that all online. So I don't have more paper around now for me. Also, one of the things I have to think about working from home that may apply to you, depending on what you do is I have to think about, um, my duty of confidentiality to my clients. So I have, Um, on my computer and in the papers that I have here, information that is um, confidential to my clients, and I need to have ways to protect that. And so instead of trashing things, I have to shred things. So I've got to have a shredder here. 
um, and I need to have a way to, I've, you know, password on my computer and all those sorts of things so that people are not going to have access to my client's confidential information. If you have a, a job or a profession or a business that has similar demands, think about how you're going to meet those, those requirements for your work. So all of that has to do with setting aside the space for your work and, and setting yourself up that way. Uh, another important thing, best practice type thing, is to designate work hours. We talked a little bit about the challenges of, um, you know, the lack of boundaries between work and personal. You have to be very intentional and purposeful about that. So what are your work hours going to be? When will you start? Uh, you know, are you working part-time or full-time? Are there certain days you're going to work and other days you're not? Are there certain, or are you going to work certain hours every day? Whatever it is, set aside work time, a start time and a stop time. Um, and, and and within that, take a lunch break. If you're working, you know, daytime hours, I really try to um, as busy as I get, I try to take a lunch break where I literally get up and leave my office, go down to the kitchen, make myself a sandwich. And if it's nice, go sit outside for a few minutes. If it's not, you know, what, sit at the table or, or something, but get away from work. Let your, let my mind rest a little bit, focus on something else. S- decide when you're going to work, when you're going to stop, start, when you're going to stop, what those hours are going to be, um, and have those routines in place. In response to Allison's question uh, for, or her request for tips on uh, working from home, uh, one of the, one of the listeners or one of the people in the community, Michelle said she works from home and she says, the best thing I've ever done is go to the gym every morning for 30 minutes. It's part of my routine. It gets me out of the house, helps me wake up and I ensure a good amount of exercise each week. It sort of replaces a commute in a very good way. So that's something to consider as part of your routine, um, you know, before or after work, whenever you're going to do it, but f- make that time. Most people recommend that you get dressed to work. Uh, And I'm torn about this because, um, you know, it's great to be comfortable, but but you can be comfortable and still dressed to work. So I I will confess that there are times I come in in my pajamas and, and start working and then I take my shower later. But in general, especially when you're first starting and getting those routines established, get up in the morning, get dressed. You know, do your makeup if if you're a person who wears makeup. Put your shoes on uh, and go to work. And um, that'll help you sort of establish that uh, professional mindset. Get your mind in the, in the mode of work. At the same time, we talked about the, um, the isolation issue. Definitely make time to socialize and network. Uh, that it's very important. And a lot of the experts that the articles I read talked about this. And as we said before, joining a local organization related to your business or profession, find ways to connect with others in your field and or clients or customers, but to, you know, to, to network and build your build relationships with people. If you're an extrovert, you, you probably are going to need to plan on getting out of the house either every day for a while or at least several times a week, whether that's 
you know, go to Starbucks and work or a park where there are other people, even to the library. If your your community has a good public library, you can work there. It's quiet, but there are other people around and you're not going to feel so isolated. Um, basically, be intentional about how you use that reclaimed commute time. This is my recommendation. You know, uh, Allison was talking about how by going part-time and going uh, working from home, she's getting f- an extra 15 to 20 hours a week back. Um, Cheryl said, pre- <laughs> recommended to Allison that she pretend like you don't have extra time or you may fritter it away. Something to think about. Dinah and um, Sandy both said, plan for it. Sandy said, you probably will have no problem getting your work done. But um, Sandy's found that if she doesn't plan her free hours, those just slip away. And that's kind of similar to what Cheryl's plan uh, was was commenting, that that time will just disappear and you will have accomplished nothing, either work-related or fun-related. So plan for it. Um, and... Um, Molly kind of reiterates everything I've said, Molly, in the in the uh, Facebook group in response to Allison's request for tips. She said, I've been working from home since 2003. I love it. I dedicate specific working hours, specific breaks. I walk at noon when I can, and I keep on getting dressed and taking a shower. Um, all the things we've already talked about. So there are, those are some of the tips for if, if you are considering working from home, again, whether you're working for a company or starting your own business, all of these things are, are things to take uh, into consideration. We're going to probably talk more about this in future episodes. Um, but the, I guess one of the things I would say is don't um, miss out on the advantages of being, of working from home, all the flexibility of schedule and all those things, but still we need to exercise some discipline. We need to create routines that help us be productive and effective and efficient and get the things done we need to do. And yet, you know, part of the reason we come home to work is that flexibility. So set those routines aside when needed um, to take a break or to tend to your family or whatever are the reasons you came home to work. There are some resources out there for people who work from home that I can, um, that I'll share in the show notes. One of them that I really like is a, there's a podcast called Free Agents, and it's um, David Sparks, who's one of the co-hosts of my favorite podcast, Mac Power Users. He he and Jason Snell do this podcast. It's all about people who've left uh, working for other companies and come home, and they're actually working for themselves now, but uh, there's lots of great tips there on kind of how to how to navigate this whole idea of working from home and whether it's for yourself or whatever. So definitely check out the Free Agents podcast. If you are working from home as a, a an entrepreneur, there are some really awesome podcasts very much targeted to women entrepreneurs. One of my favorite is the Biz Chicks podcast. I've talked about it before. This is hosted by Natalie Ekdahl, who interviewed me for my 100th episode. Uh, Really highly recommend Biz Chicks, the Biz Chicks podcast and Natalie's website. And then Katie Kremitzos, who was our guest on episode 140, has the Biz Women Rock podcast. Also a really good resource for women entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, are looking for 
um, ideas and advice and all those sorts of things. And then I found an interesting list, uh, an article that lists seven, what it calls seven must-read work-from-home blogs. And uh, I'm going to just share that link in the show notes. This article will take you to um, several blogs that this writer recommends for people who work from home. So just something for you to look at. So those are just some preliminary thoughts, I guess, on the, uh, the advantages, the challenges of working from home. So far, I got to say, I'm about four or five months in. I love it. Would not, I can't imagine why I would go back to working, um, you know, in an office uh, I, I miss my colleagues. I like them, but I, I'm working with other people. I interact with people on the phone and, you know, and email and stuff every day. And uh, it's it's just been such a great experience for me that I'm glad glad to be working from home. And um, you know, it's it's just been wonderful. So if you've got any great tips that you could share, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can share them in the comments section of the show notes uh, below this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 154 or post a comment or a question in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you're not already a member of that, just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and uh, click on the, the request to join button. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you and your ideas for how to uh, thrive working from home. A quick request, if you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, I would appreciate it if you would help me spread the word, tell your friends about it, uh, show them how to subscribe, and, uh, you know, just help tell other people about what we're doing here at The Productive Woman. I want to say a thank you real quick to someone who recently left a really nice uh, quick review in iTunes. Uh, This is Oregon Benefit from the United States just said uh, the podcast was recommended to her by a member of Gretchen Rubin's Happier app, and she's listened to a couple episodes, loved them both, informative and insightful. Thank you. And so thank you to Oregon Benefit. Uh, I love hearing from listeners and uh, knowing whether what I'm doing is working for you. Uh, Quick thank you to our sponsors. If one of your professional goals, whether you work from home or in an office, has been to seek promotion or build a business that um, would require you to improve your leadership and management skills, definitely check out our sponsor, Alt-MBA. This is an intensive leadership and management workshop that brings you together with leaders in a variety of fields. You get to meet people you might never work with in uh, in your regular day-to-day life, but you're going to get to get put in small teams with them. You're going to work on projects together. You're going to benefit from what they know. They're going to benefit from what you know, and you're going to do these hands-on projects because the Alt-MBA is not about watching a bunch of videos. You really are are doing the work and creating a a body of work that demonstrates what you're learning, the skills and the knowledge that you're gathering. And that's why, unlike many online courses, the Alt-MBA has a very high completion rate. So really, if you're a busy woman who wants to, or a man who wants to learn and grow as a leader, increase your impact on the world, 
Check out the Alt-MBA as a different way to improve your management and leadership skills. They're accepting applications for the fall session as I'm recording this. So to find out more, visit altmba.com slash productive women, not woman, productive women. So it's altmba.com slash productive women. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and let them know I sent you. And also don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks. Take advantage of their special offer of a free 30-day unrestricted trial of their outstanding cloud accounting service. Just visit freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the productive woman in their how did you hear about us section. And thank you so much to Alt-MBA and FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. Finally, uh, I just want to give one quick reminder Uh, as I'm recording this, as you're listening to this, I am now forming the, the productive woman mastermind groups that will start meeting together in the fall. And so if you've thought about joining us, definitely look into this. If you go to the, um, the work with me page on the website, there's a link there to the page that tells you all about the mastermind groups. There are some audio clips there where you can listen to, the feedback from women who've participated in the mastermind groups in the past, telling you what the experience was like for them. Consider joining us. There's also a link there to apply. Uh, if, if mastermind groups, uh, that, that accountability and the support that you get from this small group of women, there's only uh, six women in the group counting me and we meet weekly for 12 weeks to set goals, encourage each other, um, brainstorm solutions to challenges. It's a great, uh, a great experience. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done in my life is facilitating these mastermind groups. And you might like to be a part of one for this fall. I'm only, only going to do one, maybe two groups this fall. So it's a very small number of women, um, that will get to participate, but I'd love for you to, to apply. And so check, go to the work with me page, go to the productive slash services to learn more about the masterminds and about the one-on-one coaching and don't wait because the spaces go fast. And that is it for this episode of the productive woman. As always, I want to thank you so much for spending a little time with me. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I really do. I hope that there's something in this episode that was helpful or encouraging to you. And I do look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.